press the follow or subscribe button in your podcast app to get daily updates from the front. From the journalists of The Australian, here's what's on the front. I'm Kristen Amiot. It's Tuesday, November 15. US President Joe Biden met with Chinese President Xi Jinping ahead of the G20 summit in Indonesia overnight. You and I have had a number of candid and useful conversations over the years and uh, since I became president as well. And I believe there's little substitute, though, for face-to-face discussions. We share responsibility, in my view, to show that China and the United States can manage our differences, prevent competition from becoming anything ever near conflict, and to find ways to work together on urgent global issues that require our mutual cooperation. The highly anticipated in-person meeting was Biden's first as US president. He said he was committed to keeping lines of communication open as relations between the two countries reached their lowest point in decades. For his part, Prime Minister Anthony Albanese met with Indonesian President Joko Widodo overnight. He showed his support for Indonesia's role as host of the summit by declining to walk out of an address by Russian Foreign Minister Sergei Lavrov, but says he will register Australia's condemnation of Russia's invasion of Ukraine. Albanese is expected to meet with President Xi later in the week. Australia's domestic tourism industry is bouncing back from COVID-19 shutdowns and border closures, with spending on business travel in particular up to 92% of pre-pandemic levels. So can we expect the rest of the sector to follow suit? We'll have more on that later in the episode. Laws designed to curb uptake of vapes and e-cigarettes containing nicotine could be bolstering the black market with teens and young people driving uptake. That's according to experts who fear failure to stymie the e-cigarette phenomenon could set us back decades on nicotine addiction. That's first up. What we have to do to make these government interlopers happy, they tell us to make a safer cigarette, we do it, and then suddenly, that's not good enough. Might as well be living in Russia. Mm, Damn straight. Vapes are rapidly undoing decades of progress on nicotine addiction and laws introduced to curb uptake could be bolstering the e-cigarette black market. Remy Varga is a reporter with The Australian and the Oz.com.au. She joins me now. Remy, you had an eye-opening experience buying vapes in inner Sydney recently. Tell me about that. It was actually a pretty straightforward experience. I, I walked into several stores in the inner city and just bought them. None of them said on the packet that they contained nicotine. One supplier did tell me that the vape they were selling me contained nicotine. It was in Glebe and they got a bit nervous when I asked and then they pulled it out from behind the counter and gave it to me. But overall, really straightforward experience, lots of stores selling vapes. The University of Wollongong's chemistry school has tested hundreds of them and they said only one that they've tested didn't actually contain nicotine. And that was one that you gave to them? Yes, one that I gave to them. So great investigative reporting by me, (laughs) uncovering the one vape in Sydney without nicotine in it. (laughs) And you followed up with a similar experiment buying vapes online. What was that like? Was it similar, different, just as easy, more difficult? Uh, So it was interesting. Under laws introduced last year that are trying to control the sale of nicotine and vaping products containing nicotine, but still making it available to people who are trying to quit smoking. You can only purchase the products that contain nicotine or vapes with nicotine or, or liquid nicotine if you have a prescription from a doctor. I just 
bought a prescription online from a website called Quick Clinics. It costs $85. The process is that you do this kind of online questionnaire that's assessed by a doctor. And in, in, in that, they ask you how much you smoke, how long you've been smoking for, and then a doctor comes back and they give you the script and then you can go onto the more reputable websites and use it to purchase nicotine. Let's talk about those anti-vaping laws that were introduced last year. Now to fresh calls for a crackdown on Australia's vaping laws, with experts warning we're watching a slow-moving train wreck. This week, new research found Victorians are taking up the habit in record numbers, and many of them are young women. They state that vendors must ask for ID and that nicotine prescription before selling vapes. It doesn't sound from your experience like that's happening. Yes, and actually that's a really good point. So to buy a vape, regardless of whether or not it contains nicotine, you need to be over 18. And I was not asked for ID once. I mean, I am 31, so potentially that's why. But from the people in their early 20s or in their late teens we spoke to, they'd also never been asked for identification either. Your follow-up to this story showed that those laws are actually bolstering a black market for vapes and e-cigarettes. How is that happening? So because you now need a prescription to buy products containing nicotine, people are just buying them in stores where they're not labelled as containing nicotine and they can just buy them and therefore not go through the process of getting a script and ordering them online. And one of the researchers I spoke to said that the products used to say they contained nicotine about a year ago and now they no longer do. And you've spoken to a bunch of experts for this story. Generally speaking, what are they saying? Are they worried about this? The big concern with vaping is that we don't actually really know what it does. There's a lot of research that says that nicotine can be dangerous and especially in large doses, you can overdose on it, but also that it is highly addictive and we don't know what the process of vaping, inhaling water vapour, flavours that are meant to be eaten are doing to people's bodies. So, I mean, we, we could have a huge health problem in 20, 30 years when the side effects of vaping start to manifest. Another potential problem with this is that young people could be purchasing vapes, which are, you know, often brightly coloured and sweetly flavoured. There's strawberry lychee or, or bubblegum or sweet things similar to lollies. And they could be picking up vapes without realising that they contain nicotine and they're probably not thinking about whether or not they contain nicotine or probably just don't really comprehend what it means to be addicted to nicotine at a young age, right? Actually, the whole thing with the packaging and marketing of vapes really reminds me of the discussions and concerns health bodies had about Alcopops about 10, 15 years ago, where, um, you know, again, brightly coloured, sweetly flavoured, tastes like lollies, is kind of like the, the first drink that people have as, you know, 18, 19 year olds. Remy Varga is a reporter with The Australian and theoz.com.au. Coming up, what's driving a return to form in Australia's domestic tourism market? Hey! 
Hey, I'm Felicity Harley and I host Healthy-ish, where we chat to experts, influencers and people in the know from around the globe to arm you with the knowledge to make healthier decisions for your mind, body and soul. I think if we're going to be focusing on health, like sleep is probably the biggest component of that. I I think sleep is the cornerstone. Like choose the harder option because I've never woken up and gone, I regret that run that I went at 4am. I've never done that. Search for Healthy-ish and Extra Healthy-ish wherever you get your podcasts. As Australia stares down the barrel of another COVID-19 surge, domestic travel and particularly business travel has recovered to near pre-pandemic levels. Greg Brown is the Australian's national correspondent and he joins me now. Greg, you have the exclusive on these numbers in today's edition of The Australian. What trends are we seeing in domestic tourism? Well, we've seen that business travel spending in August was nearly back to pre-pandemic levels. So spending was at 92% of the level that it was in August of 2019. Businesses got used to a lot of meetings through Zoom conferences and networking in different ways. And people thought that this may be the way the future is. What we're seeing from these statistics and what we're hearing from people in the business sector is there was a real pent-up demand to actually get face-to-face again and that there was a feeling that while online conferences and meetings were worthwhile for a time, you were not able to achieve the same results as meeting people face-to-face. You weren't able to build the same kind of connections. You weren't able to sell your ideas or your products as well. If you're a company that wants to build some rapport among your staff, you were not able to do that via Friday night drinks on Zoom. So business is back to doing things the way it was pre-COVID-19 days. And do we know what's driving that recovery? Is it Australian businesses traveling domestically for business purposes, or are we seeing some return from overseas businesses as well? It's domestic. So what the business community is saying is international visitors are still way down. And we know that as far as tourism into Australia, it's down 80% still from what it was pre-pandemic levels. However, domestic tourism spending is up 30%. And what's interesting is that domestic tourism spending in Queensland is up 64% since the pandemic, and it's up more than 50% in South Australia. So people, instead of going to Bali for a nice beachside holiday, they're increasingly going to the Sunshine Coast or, you know, enjoying the wine regions in South Australia, for example. While it's true that for international business travel is way down and tourism is way down, domestically, we are seeing things like conferences and seminars and training and trade fairs. They're back to happening in person. And a growing market is that companies are holding retreats for a couple of days in what might be a regional area where they get the team together. And there's been a lot of disruption over the last couple of years. So they're really trying to encourage some team building and get the camaraderie within the business going. In many ways, it is returning to the way it was before COVID-19 what business leaders are saying is there's still a bit of a mixture. So there are still people dialing into conferences from Zoom. And while most people, when they can get there, will be there in person, you will hear the odd speech from Zoom and the odd person dialing in from online. So 
while people are keen to meet face to face again, is still utilising the technological advancements that really came from the pandemic. Hitting the economy hard, Australia forecast to lose out on six billion tourism dollars these school holidays. That's according to the Tourism and Transport Forum and their CEO, Margie Osman, joins us now. Margie, thanks for your time. It's a-, a lot of businesses that rely on tourism to survive went under when borders were closed and lockdowns were implemented across the nation. How are they handling that return to form? The businesses that struggled through and probably had to let go of staff and had a skeleton staff and survived as much as they possibly could on government support, they're now able to ramp things up again. But I think the tragedy of the pandemic is that we did see some businesses go under and it's pretty hard to dial that back up again. Greg Brown is the Australian's national correspondent. You can read that story as well as all our coverage and analysis of the G20 Summit in Indonesia at theaustralian.com.au. My name is Manny Karoudis and I'm a former New South Wales policeman turned investigative reporter with a passion for missing persons cases. I'm here to quickly tell you about our True Crime Australia podcast, The Missing. In this series, I look at old missing persons cases which have all gone cold in an attempt to try and uncover new information which could help see these missing people reunited with their loved ones or any form of clue that could bring these families closure. The Missing is available now wherever you get your podcasts and early and ad-free on Crimex Plus on Apple Podcasts.